All right. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? It's been a little bit, and I do apologize for the, I don't know what you want to call it, the absence or my tardiness in speaking to you all again. But before we get into the fun stuff, I just, I do feel like I got a comment on the situation in Pittsburgh, because I will claim Pittsburgh as a second, a second city of mine, you know, Lexington comes first and foremost, and as I've grown older, I have uh, grown to love it and appreciate it for what it is more and more and realize that it is a beautiful place and that it's one of the best cities in the world, and I don't think there's a lot of people that could convince me otherwise, but man... I do love Pittsburgh quite a bit, and um, I've visited there a couple of times, and um, it's just been it's been awesome every time I've been there. And man, it really sucks to see this kind of shit happen to such a great city. Um, just you know, be, because part of the reasons that you know the great quarterback Ben Roethlisberger spoke on, and he is great, so shut the hell up. <laughs> You know, it is a melting pot city. I mean, it really is. If, you, if you've been there, if you've spent any time in Pittsburgh, you know that it is. It, it is a melting pot city. I mean, they've got millions of people from all different walks of life that are working together, trying to make that city a better place and, and making it what it is. You know, the reason that Pittsburgh is as great as it is, is because of working class Americans from all walks of life, all races, coming together and cranking out the best steel on planet Earth. You know, that's seriously, that's, that, is, it, that is what it is. That's what makes it so great. That's what made Pittsburgh what it is. That's the, the steel city is what it is because of working class Americans, not white folks, not black folks, not, not just Jews, not just... Uh, Muslims, Muslims, not just Muslims, you know, whatever. It's not just because of that. It's because all of them made it, made it work. You know, it's, it is a group of, of hardworking people put their nose to the grindstones and they built something out of nothing. And, you know, they also obviously helped make Andrew Carnegie one of the richest men in the history of the earth, but anyway, whatever, you know, it just, it sucks to see something like that happen, again, to a city that is so great, that really, I mean, nobody deserves that, you know, nobody deserves that to happen to them, and I mean, in all honesty, this, I hate to say it, man, but something like this should put everybody on notice, nobody is safe from these, you know, crazy assholes that think white people are the only, like, the only good thing in the world. Like, are you serious, man? Come on, dude. You're still on that shit? You're still riding that train, huh? I mean, gah, that's, that's the thing that kills me more than anything about the whole deal, is that they're people, you honestly believe in that shit, man? You really believe in that. You, the thing is, you think about the way that you're thinking right now and realize that there are, whatever, Jews, there are black folks, there's Middle Eastern people, Africans, whatever, it, whatever it is, you know, 
you think the way that you do, super regressive, white people are the only, are, are God's gift to the earth, you know, we're the only people that have ever done anything good, you say that, and there's people of other races that don't agree, that, that, that don't agree and say that their race is better, but that don't agree and say, nah, man, we're all great, we all contribute, we're all part of this, part of this deal that makes it the shit, you know? There's people out there of other skin color, other races, whatever the hell, that are saying that. And you really think that you're the best? I mean, come on, man. God, I, like... And to, like, feel so strongly about it that it literally drives you crazy to the point where you want to kill multiple people. And I don't give a shit what anybody says. You know, a lot of people claim this whole deal. Well, mass shooters have probably got a history of mental illness. Dude, anybody willing to kill somebody is crazy. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Even if it's for the right if it's for the right reasons. If somebody hurt my family, if somebody hurt one of my girls, and I, I would I would one hundred percent be willing to kill somebody, but you know why? Because their actions drove me to the point where I was so mad it drove me crazy and made me want to kill him. But it drove me crazy. It made me lose my mind and lose my senses. It would cause my emotions to get the better of me. Anybody that murders anybody is crazy. I don't care what anybody says. It could be justified. It could be legitimate. But for that one instant where you pull the trigger or you beat somebody to death or you choke the life out of them or whatever the fuck it is, they dr- it, dr- it drove you crazy. You were a crazy person at the minute that you killed somebody. So I, I don't want to hear this mental illness shit. We have enough problems with that, so don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a real deal. But we can't, pro- we can't keep propping this shit up, man. Because we're clearly not going to do anything about it. You know what I'm saying? We got to figure something else out. But, and one thing that we can stop, one thing that we can correct, one thing that we can fix is, I mean, this just ridiculous anti-Semitic racist old world bullshit man we can stop that shit it's I, I say it time and time again man it's fucking it's 2018 it's almost 2019 we're still riding this shit out man we're still going with that like come on bro nobody deserves to go out like that not over some petty bullshit like that when no when somebody from another race hasn't even done anything to you man black guy doesn't hold the door open for you and you're talking about all black people are shit? Dude, get the fuck out of here. You ran into one asshole. Maybe not even that. You ran into one dude that didn't even realize you were there. Come on, man. Here, this is The problem with people like that is their life is going so good. Their life is so easy they don't have any they don't have anything real to struggle for to work for and to deal with so they got to pick this petty bullshit out and it ruins their fucking life drives them crazy to the point where it makes them kill people it's fucking stupid man it makes no sense we're literally ruining hundreds of i mean 11 people died hundreds of people if not thousands of people lives are ruined because of that Seriously, their lives, if, if their lives are not ruined, they're severely impacted in a negative way because of that. For what, man? 
because one dumbass didn't have enough to work for in his life. So he literally let a bad system of incorrect thinking and hate cause him to make this decision. He got bored and decided to do this shit because he's just some crazy asshole didn't have anything to live for. It's fucked up, man. It's a bad deal. I hate to see something like that happen to anybody, no matter what, whether it's the guy in Louisville who shoots the two black people talking about whites don't kill whites, whatever kind of fucked up... Like, how does that make any sense, dumbass? You're opening fire in a fucking Kroger parking lot. How about fuck you, dude? Whites don't kill whites. Whether it's that guy or it's this guy in Pittsburgh shooting up a synagogue, killing Jewish people. I mean, there's bad people of all walks of life, man. But you're trying to tell me that those 11 Jewish people that died were all bad. They all deserved to die. They were all the problem in the world. They all contributed to all the major issues that are going on right now. Those 11 people, 100%, they were part of every problem. Man, eat a dick. So, I'm not going to give you any of that thoughts and prayers stuff because that doesn't, I guess whatever, prayers help, you know, it is what it is, but I, saying it, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to say it and throw it out to like some comment on Facebook, like seriously, I hope, I hope these people can, can make it through, you know, I hope that everything gets squared away, I hope they get the justice that they deserve. I hope that the guy that, that did this shit gets the justice that he deserves. And, you know, I hope that the city can, can come together and they can move on from this and shine some light on it. And to seriously, to address the fact that nobody is safe. You know, a lot of people, you know, whatever, they want to act like if some shit happens to some black people, some shit happens to, to whatever, or any kind of people of color. Something like this happens to some people of color. Nothing gets done about it because it happens to people of color. Well, if that's the case, then hopefully this sheds light on it. I choose to not believe in that. I don't think that's the case. You know, but if that is, hopefully this will help shed some light on it. Nobody is safe. Doesn't matter, man. They'll, they'll pick something about you they don't like enough about you to kill you. It, nobody is safe. So hopefully this shines some light on the problem, some extra light, whatever. And hopefully we can grow on this. But man, I just hate to see some shit like that happen. It's a fucked up deal. Alright, but anyway, we're going to move on from that. Talk about this great weekend we had in sports, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus Christ. So first of all... I don't. I wouldn't even really call it the first showing that I got from the basketball team, Kentucky men's basketball team, just because they played Transylvania, and they won by like forty points. Don't get me wrong, and they looked impressive. But I mean, it's Transylvania. Nothing against them. Those guys play hard. They give it their all every time we play them. But it's you know, it's like Division Two, II, Division Three. You know, no offense to them. That obviously they are better because they're on a collegiate level. But it's like playing a high school team. I mean, seriously, it really is. I mean, you know. Again, nothing against them. Those guys work hard. They're all smarter than me, admittedly. Just because of the school they go to, I'm sure. But it's like playing a high school team. So, But the team looked good. They hit their threes. They were missing easy shots around the rim. That makes me nervous for the season. But they hit their threes. They were getting some good rebounds, you know. 
they're passing, they're spreading the floor really well. So, I don't know. Hope to see the, the first good contest, which, you know, got me shaking in my boots, admittedly, because it's against Duke. But we'll see what happens, man. It's, it's anybody's ball game. It's too early in the year to judge anything. If they get blown out by Duke, it doesn't mean anything. If they blow Duke out, it doesn't mean anything. Those, those, these teams will be a totally different group of guys by the time January rolls around. So it, it doesn't matter. It's way too early to tell. But anyway, I think what the real story is, and I think, that, I think, this, I think this puts the world on notice, to be honest with you, I've tried to keep a level head about this situation, and my expectations going into this week of college football, I think, are pretty level-headed. And by God, if we're not on college game day, I swear, man, it's just they're trying to screw us. They don't believe in it. But, man, the Kentucky Wildcats look pretty good. 7-1 and one off literally an untimed down. Zero seconds on the clock. I don't even know how you get a play with zero seconds left on the clock. How is that even legal? I don't even know how that's possible. How do you get to play the ball when there's no time left on the clock? I mean, it makes no sense to me. You know, an untimed down, last play at the goal line. But, man, whatever, those boys got it done. Shout out to Terry freaking Wilson driving down the field. The coach is finally letting loose on the reins and letting him drive, throw the ball. Drives down the field ditching it off to the tight end for the go-ahead score to win the game by one point. The come-from-behind win. But I think the more important tale of the tape here is the defense, who did not allow a Missouri first down the entire second half. They drove Missouri to 18 straight three-and-outs. I mean, what? That's like some Alabama numbers. Granted, Alabama never would have let a team run them up 14-3 to before trying to make a comeback. But that, I mean, that defensive stand, the, the fight that they have, that's what I think it shows more than anything else. We played a horrible game, we. Kentucky played a horrible game, okay? I don't think that there's any way around that. They played like trash. That first half was garbage. They, they, could, they, weren't making, they couldn't put anything together. They weren't making smart smart plays, which again I think goes back to the to the play calling, not the guys on the field. I think that they were being put in bad positions, but whatever. It comes I think that's what it comes back to. And so they were making bad plays. I mean the defense was playing decent at best first the first half. The offense was nowhere to be found. You know, fourteen to three at halftime, getting blown out. But the defense never gave up. And because the defense never gave up, it gave the offense more opportunity on the field and allowed them to work their magic and to come back and get us a W. But the defense, I think, is really what stands out. Because I think that they proved, again, that that is an elite SEC defense that we've got this year that does not quit and that this team will do whatever it takes to at least fight for a victory. Even if they can't get the win, they're going to fight for it. You know? I mean, 17-1, and ranked 12 in the nation. Georgia, number 7, is coming to town this Saturday for probably 
at this at this moment, aside from the Florida Georgia game, this is probably the biggest game. Florida Georgia, maybe Georgia LSU. This is I think this is probably the biggest game the the uh, SEC has seen this far. Florida Georgia. This is certainly Kentucky's biggest game, and I don't know how long. Aside from when they played LSU, when LSU was number one at home and beat them. And here's the thing, guys, is Georgia is an elite team, and they're opening as a 14-point favorite over Kentucky, which is 100% reasonable. Georgia deserves those points. And, you know, the, the rule of thumb is if you're the home field team, you get three points automatically. If, if, you, you, if you're the home field team, if we start at zero, Kentucky automatically gets three points. And they're saying Georgia's still going to get it by 14. And I think that that's fair. I think that's reasonable because Georgia is an elite football team. They took a hard loss earlier this year to LSU. But that's because LSU's no joke, man. That is a that is a solid squad. Coach O's got those kids dialed in. They come ready to play every single week. But Georgia is no slouch, man. We've we've made it really far as a, as a Kentucky football team. They have shown a lot. This Georgia team is easily going to be their biggest test. I mean, they're nothing to shake a stick at for real. And I mean, they they've they have they're going to put us on notice 100%. I mean, this is going to be no walk in the park. It's going to be a sold out show, and it's um, it's going to be a really big deal. This game is going to be huge because it's got huge implications. I mean, the stage is set right now. Whoever wins this game goes to the SEC championship game and has to play Alabama. You know, that's what we're talking about right now. We're talking this this game, this SEC championship game, this is like SEC championship. So if, SC, if the SEC championship is like 1.0, this is SEC championship .5 right here. I mean, this is the East championship right now. Two best teams in the East by far are Kentucky and Georgia. Whoever wins this game goes to play Alabama. And I don't think that either team could beat Alabama just because Alabama might as well be a pro team. They, we might as well have to go we might as well have to go to Tuscaloosa and instead of playing Alabama, play the Cleveland Browns. I mean they're like a pro team, seriously. So I don't think that either one of these guys are gonna beat Alabama. But it's a big deal to be this close. The Kentucky fans should be happy that we're even this close to being in that conversation. Because for I don't know how long, we've never been in this conversation. We're, we're, we're happy to be bowl eligible most years. This year we're talking about SEC championship game, okay? So implications are huge. Number one, we beat this Georgia team. I'd say not only are we cracking the top ten, Kentucky's a top five team, and we're talking about a playoff bid, okay? Number two, if we lose to this Georgia game, think about the think about the record. Think about the body of work right now if we lose to this team. Now, I don't know what A&M's record is, what their standings are right now. i got to go back and look, in all honesty, I'm kind of sleeping on them, admittedly. But if we lose this game, two losses on a, under our belt, are A and M in Georgia, who Georgia's been a who had been the number two team in the country most of the season. After they got beat by LSU, they were still a top ten team. 
which is 100% deserving because they're the best squad aside from Alabama in the SEC, okay? Best conference in football. I don't care what anybody says. And then A&M, who at the time we played them, their only two losses, they had, they had played five games, lost two, one to Alabama uh, at home, and or no, one to Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and one to uh, Clemson at home by two on, again, a last-minute drive by Clemson. So their only two losses at the time that we played them, and which and they might still be their only two losses, I don't know, i got to check their record, were two top-five teams. The body of work speaks for itself, man. We've had close games, don't get me wrong. The Missouri game was way closer than it should have been. But you look at Missouri's body of work, it's like, no wonder, man. Who have they lost to? They lost to Georgia. I think I think they lost. They either lost to Florida and Georgia, or they lost to Georgia and Alabama. And uh, South Carolina, at South Carolina, by, by either one or two points. They got a solid body of work, too, guys. I mean, come on. Give me a break here. That was a that's a good squad. They're, that team is better than their record shows. But you know what's messed up is people aren't going to look at that. You got to tell people that when they put it into question. You guys barely beat Missouri. All right. Well, first of all, man, let's look at Missouri's record real quick and let's see why they're unranked, and then see who beat them that caused them to have that record, and then we'll talk about it. You know. Uh, a, a guy a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook I used to work with is a Tennessee fan talking about how we got lucky that we won that game. Yeah, you could I guess a little bit of luck went into that. But at the same time, we had to put ourselves in position to get that last-minute drive, okay? It wasn't like somebody handed it to us. You know, we had to put ourselves in the position to get that. Uh, hang on, give me just a minute here. All right, sorry, crazy, crazy old guy, uh, the old gate master here, but whatever. Anyway, talking about we got lucky. A little bit of luck went into that, but we had to put ourselves into in the position to drive down the field and, and get that last-minute score. You know, that wasn't handed to us. You know, Missouri wasn't just going to let us walk down to the five-yard line and throw a touchdown. We still had to earn it. But anyway, I, I just think that this is clearly, you know, the best two teams We've got in the East right now, and this is huge implications for what's going to happen for the rest of the SEC. I mean, we're talking, this is a huge swing right now. And the biggest deal is that this sets us up great for next season because we're about to lose some really strong guys that helped us get this far. But this opens the recruiting lineup in a big way, in a way that we haven't seen in a long time for Kentucky football. And so, I, I really, I'm, I'm starting, I mean, I've been a Kentucky fan all season, and I've been, I'm not saying on the bandwagon, but I've tried to keep it in perspective and be realistic. But, man, it's hard not to get excited and not talk about how good this squad is right now with with the stage that they've set themselves up on. So, anyway, moving on from them, what's going on? We'll, we'll take a quick, quick two looks at my favorite pro teams right now. You know, first of all, the Steelers. Getting that win at home, good. You know, they tied with the Browns early this season, and I think that that was, that was an embarrassing showing. They should have never tied the Browns. Not because the Browns are the Browns, because that's just disrespectful to them. Because uh, the Browns are 
uh, are a real team this season. They deserve to be treated as such. They've got a good squad of guys that come hard, come to play ready every single week. Those guys are no joke, and they deserve to get a, to get the look, you know, because they they've earned where they're at right now. They work hard, you know what I'm saying. Um, but still, the Steelers, as uh, Teddy Bruschi says, they're the class of the uh, they're the class of the AFC North, and they need to they need to prove that. And you got to show that by going out and beating the teams that you're supposed to beat, you know? And and they've got a couple of rematches left that they got to get out there and play. Of course, I mean, I guess they settled one discussion with the uh they settled the one discussion with the Browns. I mean, now you got to go to Baltimore and you got to show Baltimore what's what and you got to get that W. You know what I mean? And that's going to be a tough game. You know, Baltimore's not great this season, but we, it's still Baltimore. It's still a rival and you still got to play them at home. So, they got to get that W, but they're playing good. I think they're dialing it in right now. You can't judge a team by how they play in September. And they're turning it on when they need to be. It's late October. They're starting to get in a rhythm. James Conner's playing great right now. Ben's starting to kick it into high gear. Antonio Brown's getting his touches. Hopefully Le'Veon Bell will be back soon. They're looking good. They're looking good. And that's a good thing to see because... It's about time to kick on the afterburners and, and be a playoff-ready team to make a run on a seventh Super Bowl because Big Ben's only got a few years left in him, and I don't, I don't want to blow them all on, you know, just stupid losses at the beginning of the season and a tie to the Browns. You know, that's a joke. Um, and finally, shout-out, and I know that I, I don't talk about this team very often, Really, I mean, to be fair, I don't really watch baseball like that just because, man, it's so damn boring to watch it on television. And, you know, occasionally I will go and I'll see a Reds game in Cincinnati because that's what's closest to me. But, man, I tell you what, dude, the 2004 World Series, the 2004 uh, League Championship Series between the Yankees and the Red Sox was the first baseball playoffs I ever watched. And from that time on, when they to watch that team come back uh, three games down and come back and beat the Yankees, I've been a Sox fan since 04, okay? And I, I think that all of my friends know that. I'm not some bandwagon fan. Now, I'll, I'll, root, for the, I'll root for the Pirates because I, like, I do like Pittsburgh. I like the Penguins. Obviously, I love the Steelers. You know, I'll not root for the Pirates when they're playing good. And, um, and I do like the Houston Astros, too, just because H-Town, it's hard not to like Houston. Um, but the Sox are my team, and I've always claimed that the Sox are my team. I've claimed them when they're terrible, and I claim them when they're great. And, man, shout out to my Boston Red Sox getting it done, leaving no doubt, four games to one. This is probably, I don't have any problem saying, this is probably the best Reds, one of the best Red Sox teams ever. And I don't think that I'm being unreasonable by saying that. You're talking about a 108-win regular season team that had to beat two other 100-plus win teams in the playoffs to win a World Series. They beat the Yankees, they beat the Astros, and then they had to beat the Dodgers, who had the best pitcher in baseball right now with Clayton Kershaw. Granted, Game 5 
he played terrible. I'll just say it what it is. Clayton Kershaw played like shit game five. I watched I watched the the uh, the each inning highlights and uh, you know the cracks on both sides between the uh, the Dodgers and the Sox, but. Clayton Kershaw did not play like Clayton Kershaw normally does, and I don't think it takes a genius to realize that. You know, Freeze played awesome, so give some credit to him. He went out there and was trying to do whatever he could, you know. Clayton Kershaw was not playing 100%, though. David Price played out of his mind. You know, they hadn't been able to win a reg- He hadn't been able to get the re- a regular season win all year. He played awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, who who else played awesome? Who else played awesome? Manny Machado was doing everything that he could to get his teams the W. They just couldn't put it together in time. There just wasn't enough time, not enough innings. And, you know that's how it goes. If it wasn't a nine inning game, if it was a fifteen inning game, maybe that had a chance. But that's not how the game goes. You know what I'm saying? So, but just a, a shout out to that Red Sox team. You know, they they clearly earned it. Easily the best team in baseball all year long, all season long. They left no doubt, really. And they got it done when it mattered. They, they got it done in October, which is when it counts. And um, I'm just happy to say I'm a Sox fan. So, all right, guys. Well, you know, I'm at work now, unfortunately, on this Monday morning before the sun and Jesus are awake. So, I... Uh, and we'll sign off here real quick, and hopefully if I don't forget, I'll upload this shit later so any, somebody else can listen to it other than myself later when I replay it and hate myself for the way I sound. Later days, guys. Peace.